In the body, connective tissues bind structures together, form a framework and support for organs in the body as a whole. Every closed system has connective tissue, the human body, the biosphere, and the open marketplace alike. The Connective Tissue Podcast is an attempt to connect the philosophies, experts, and opinions that comprehensively encompass the five compounding Fs of life, fact, finance, fitness, family, and freedom. Together, we represent the connective tissues of life. Our intention is for you to use the information provided to contrast against your own walk of life to maximize every avenue of success, peace, and prosperity. No matter how you view it, movement is life. Remember, it's not like magic. It is magic. Eternally rhetorical. How do you move? I'm your co-host, Philip A. Croshan. And I'm your co-host, Garrett G. Mezzanotto. And together, we are the Connective Tissue Podcast. So, Philip, how old were you when you made, how young were you when you made your first 100K? When I made my first 100K, my first six-figure year, I was... I think it was 25 25 but my first six-figure system didn't come about until I was maybe 2020, 2020. which would have put me at 27 what were you doing when you made that that hundred k at twenty seven? Um, so I just authored neuromuscular therapy systems, and um, I started utilizing it. For for those who don't know, neuromuscular therapy systems is a certifying body that um, that teaches practitioners hands on skills to troubleshoot the sensory motor cortex um, of a muscle at origin points and insertion points in the, in the highest concentration of uh, proprioceptors to, in, in effect, um, motor re-education. So I created that system, um, not only started teaching it, but uh, integrating it into my practice and marketing it as a, a niche product. So what else were you doing besides that that made you 100K? Well, I mean, man, you know, entrepreneurship, man, it's every odd job that you can get into that works together in coordination to get you to your goal. But, you know, those revenue streams, you could probably only predict them out four months at a time. So sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. Um, but by the time I got something solid, um, I had my clinical practice going. I had dietary supplements, uh, built some products online, and for the most part, those three things were getting it done, you know, as well as consultations and things like that. What do you think was the breakthrough moment that got you to making that much money? Looking at things in micro cycles, being able to say, how much do I actually need to make per day to get to 100K? So I started looking at that. I, I don't know. I, it's probably around um, one of my accountability partners. And um, 
you know, we were talking about just breaking that down into $278 a day. That's kind of what it needs to average out in a, in a um, 30-day month. And um, then I looked at how much I was working and if that was achievable. And certain areas I had to adjust. Other areas I was like, oh, I just, I just got to get one more client or two more clients, things like that. Um, so uh, the the breakdown of it was turning into a, a calculation. Yeah, everything about making money is a calculation. Yeah. It, it's math. Yeah. And uh, I think coming up in, in the school system, that's one of the reasons why we're taught math, right? We're not necessarily, I actually had this one one uh, teacher in high school who she was my algebra and calculus teacher, Miss Borst. She was a G. The reason why is because <laughs> she taught, she was the only teacher that brought real life math into into class where mm. she would teach us how to write and read checks how to how to uh what's it called i mean people don't even do this anymore i think my mom is the only one i know that still does this calculates uh her checkbook mm. uh, balances her yeah. checkbook um she taught us how to do that um taught in us class. Com- compounding interest taught us was teaching us stuff about loans financial literacy not mm. many teachers do that i think that's something that's broken with our education system yeah shout out to miss boy yeah she she's uh, i don't know if she's still teaching i think she retired recently but uh yeah you should shout, find out bro yeah i should find out she's uh was one of my favorite teachers and she actually she uh caught me cheating on a test one time and really <laughs> frowned upon it and made my life a little bit harder than it needed to be but it was a wake-up call mm. um, and I'm glad I'm glad I stuck with it and, and went all the way on to calculus in, in high school because it taught she taught me a lot yeah um, what but about you? something so coming up in the fitness industry when I was 21 I got into a management role running a training department and uh, I made 65k my first year 21 22 I made a little bit of growth, made it 82K. And then my first year that I made 100K was 23. And then I made 100K two years in a row. And then I got promoted to that district vice president role and I made 100K. And then COVID happened. Mm. Once COVID happened, uh, I made my first 100K as a entrepreneur that same year in 2020. And then things took a, you know, I, I steadily progressed each year. And then things took a downward spiral in 2022. Mm. 2022, I came back to LA Fitness, um, made 100K again, and then I decided to partner up with you. Um, and before we partnered up, we decided how much money did we need to make. We talked about it. And it's a calculation. We, we broke down the numbers. Uh, 100K comes down to like 8,300 a month. Mm-hmm. Super doable. So we broke. I broke it down into how many sessions or how many online programs we needed to sell to get the 30K between the two of us, which would be 200K. Um, and it's it's really achievable, guys. I think people really underestimate uh, what you gotta do to make 100K. If you're selling a, a product, right, 100K uh, divided by, uh, I don't know, let's say your product is $100, right? It's only a thousand products at $100. Let's say you come up with a pair of shoes, 100K. You know, you come up with a, a shirt, two shirts, you're selling two shirts a day at $50 a day, you're making 100K. Um, like, it's it's super doable, but people don't realize how doable it is, and, and that's something that, that, came to, that comes to mind. And there's work that goes into breaking down the science of what makes your product marketable. 
yeah. and then how to attract your consumers. Because what makes, if you're selling shoes, what makes your shoes different from another or more valuable, you know? Exactly. Um, and there's a lot of market research that goes in into that. Um, but once you do crack your code, everything changes. At least that was my experience, you know? In fact, the first year that I did a 100K system, I surpassed 100K, like by far. I was on my way to 200K first time, you know? But it was because once I found a system that worked, it was like, man, I had so much extra time that wasn't being efficiently applied towards my goal. You know, I, I did a lot of work, but not all of it was progression. You weren't necessarily optimizing your time. I was working hard, but not necessarily working smart. Yeah, to work smart, not work hard. Yeah. Okay. So, what's some of the is what's what are some of the lessons uh, that you've learned along the way? Commit to an idea, and don't waver from it unless it's no longer true to you. Um, you know, you're gonna have ups, you're gonna have downs, but that's life. That's not a, a a business specific thing. That's a life thing. I think it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah, it was. That's a life thing. You know, I I would. If I ask myself, working, and let's say I was still working in the the physical therapy industry, um, doing sixty, seventy grand a year. Would I, would I have been happy? Let's say I was making a hundred grand a year. Would I have been happy with the the structure of how uh, I had to operate to make that hundred grand? Probably not. You know, I I found that in that industry, it was limiting. You know, it turned it turned into pain management over. Um, comprehensive rehabilitation patient outcomes weren't as good as they could be simply because the influence of insurance companies you know ethically you can't promise someone um, complete healing when you only have them for 12 sessions you know it's you got to manage expectations with what you are doing so um you know getting I wouldn't have been as fulfilled there. So even when I find my lows as an entrepreneur, I lean back on that truth that if I was doing it in any other way, I wouldn't have peace. So once you find peace in that truth, it's easy to kind of just sit, or it's it's um, it's more palatable to sit into whatever struggle is is meant for you. Well, yeah, I think there's a, a huge difference of making 100 k while you're working for somebody else and making 100 k as an entrepreneur because that 100 k goes a lot further when you're an entrepreneur because you have more time on your hands. So take in mind, like when I was making 100 k I was putting 60, 70, sometimes 80-hour work weeks, and Evelyn hated it. Mm -hmm. You know, now that we're working again, we're on pace to make multiple, uh, you know, more than, more than 100 k and physically working man maybe 20 30 hours a week and yeah. then the rest of it's kind of back end work you know there's still work that goes into it but physically with a patient or with a client maybe 20 30 hours a week you know but you're still making the same amount of money so being an entrepreneur is way more 
way more stressful in my opinion, but way more rewarding and you're in control of the patient outcomes rather than running somebody else's system and not being in control. So yeah. I think we go it's, ahead. Is is preference, right? You know, some in some systems it might serve you better to just show up for work, do your job, be competent in that position whatever responsibility you hold to the team do it and be well compensated for um and for for my personal philosophy uh, relative to my life i operate a little bit differently you know there are some teams that i work in and and i think it's important to add that as an entrepreneur doesn't mean that i don't work in in anyone else's system i'm just not limited exclusively to it you know, so I still, out. yeah, I still work within other teams. Um, but if it impeded my ability to work for myself, then the cost would be too high. Um, but you said it, it's more stressful working as an entrepreneur. Maybe at certain points in your life, right? I think, I guess you would have to do like a um, a a cross-sectional review Um to really look at these numbers, but I think you're probably spending the same amount of time working, whether you are working a nine to five position or entrepreneur. It's just as an entrepreneur, I'm grateful to be able to really put all those numbers, those those hours in the beginning of my career so that I can pull back some on the latter end, you know? So yeah, those 80 hour work weeks, those gotta go. Those have to be worked, no matter who you are, what you're doing. But if you could do those in one week without suing yourself, you know, well, at working on working on nine to five, you know, you gotta get um, yeah those 40, 40 hours, and then it's time and a half, you know, and then, and then there's labor laws, or whatever the case may be, unless you're on salary or your salary, yeah, you, know, you get taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah that's so. that's my, been my experience. Yeah, you know? and then. I, uh, I would so much rather be in control of my time and have freedom than have to ask somebody, hey, can I take a vacation? Or, hey, uh, I'm going to put in for this. Will you accept it? Like, I'm going to go on a little mini road trip next mm-hmm. week. I don't got to ask no one. I'm, I'm just doing my due diligence and letting you know I'm going to be out of town, letting my clients know I'm going to be out of town for mm-hmm. a couple of days. And I'll be back. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. Still making money while I'm on the road. That's the that's the the beauty of being an entrepreneur, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and making six figures allows you to do so. Right. If you're making 50, 60 G's a year, realistically, even in San Diego, you're not going to have the financial freedom to be, be able to be able to do what you want. You're going to have to stay and grind and, and to pay the bills just to pay the bills and just scrape by. I think 100 K a year minimally is the amount, the minimum amount to be able to unlock true financial freedom and start living mm. a lifestyle that most people want to live you know wear the things you want to wear do the things you want to do drive the type of wave you're trying to drive things like that you know i think you to live in san diego you got to be making 100k or at least have a 100k combined household income to even be able to purchase a house you know what what six figures allowed me to do was invest into my creative innovative space you know it's initially it still was stretched then oh yeah 
you know, but the reinvestment into myself came at that threshold um, once I became a, a six-figure cat. Well, because you're able to pay the bills and maybe have a couple grand to put into to right. savings to then where you have that buffer, right? If you have a couple grand in, in buffer in savings, to be, you'll be able to leave that nine to five and start your own entrepreneurship journey. And that's what I think 100K unlocked for me. You know, if I wasn't making 100K a year, I wouldn't have any financial buffer to be able to leave my nine to five and, and come back and, and be an entrepreneur again. The first time was during COVID, so I was forced to, to make that, mm -hmm. that, that commitment. Force adaptation, um, you know, force adaptation. And then, you know, I gave up on myself. And that's that's the biggest thing I learned. One of the biggest things I've learned along the my entrepreneurship journey is don't give up on yourself. I gave up on myself and I could have given up forever and mm -hmm. just went back to the corporate life, working the nine to five and, and really being unhappy and, and overworking and being underpaid and underappreciated. The only way you're going to be able to be paid how you want to be paid and uh, appreciated the only person that's really truly gonna appreciate you is yourself mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day um, so you have to work for yourself and then once you're making 100k go do it go work for yourself and then you'll make more you'll have that level up you know it's not really anyone else's responsibility to care for you like that no it's you not know? you know and it's not it doesn't necessarily show a lack of virtue of of a, um, a company for not caring about you to the same standard of which, or, or the highest standard of which you care about yourself. Yeah. You know, you come into this thing with a contract. You say, Garrett, I'll give you $70,000 to do this job. Here, here, here's the criteria. Do you accept or do you not accept? If you accept it, shit, man, that's, that's your choice. You're selling your time for money. And that's your choice. That's your choice. And it's okay. It's okay to do that. Um, but if you have, if you got another vision for your life, you got to see that vision through. Yeah, no, but not everybody has that vision and that's okay. But if you have that vision for yourself, pursue it. Fair. Don't, don't leave it on the back burner. Because if you leave it on the back burner, you might go your whole life without pursuing that vision, pursuing your dreams, pursuing your aspirations. And then what, you're 60 years old, you're about to retire, and then you're wishing that you had pursued them when you had the time, when you had the energy, and when you had the, the extra income to do so. What's been the biggest lesson that you've learned from on the lows? We'll get to the high later, right? But in the trough, man, I mean, I've, I've not found an entrepreneur that hasn't had to go through that, endure it, and, and persevere. You said around... What 2020, 2022? 2022, middle of 2022. What, what did, what did you experience? What did you learn? How'd you come out of it? I mean, I went from making more than 100k, you know, making double digit or five digits a month, you know, to 3,500 a month. Mm -hmm. That was a huge wake up call. That's when I gave up on myself. I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not good at this anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's when you really need to. I mean, so many entrepreneurs leverage credit to get going or to keep going that's where i should have just leveraged credit you know put some money into marketing i wasn't using doing any marketing i had no marketing uh budget and if i would have maybe put a couple thousand dollars into marketing online marketing social media marketing i could have picked up the online i could have had a some more sort of more revenue coming in so where did you educate yourself that 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 changed things for you what was the education necessary you talk marketing you know was that something that you you sought out, you know, YouTube University. Where did that come from? 
what what gave you the the in the what was the catalyst for you to gain a different perspective man uh, seeing some of my my close homies uh turn running their own marketing agencies being successful um and seeing all kinds of people popping up out of nowhere social media trainers running online ads marketing bunch of ads i mean if you scroll through scroll through social media right now there's hundreds of ads that are going to just pop up and people are paying for those some people click on it it's a funnel you click on it it takes you to their their free program or their their download and then they got you you're a lead now you should every if you're a, a business owner now you have to have a marketing budget because social media and, and online marketing should be tapped into. If you're not running some type of online program, you're missing out. People need help, whether they're remote or not. People wanna be helped. People are seeking help. If you're not accessible in the online market, you're missing out. What do you say for those people who don't have a product that or at least they feel like their product can't be um, adequately given online? if it's an in-person service if it's only an in-person service you could still market it online and you could still like for example if you're in san diego there's a million a couple i think there's a, i don't know the exact population it's at least a million people minimum um, in san diego proper there's people that are not being helped there's people that are looking online but not finding the right person for them so if you have google ads running if you have social media ads running you just might pop up into their feed be able to reel them in to come see you in person so at that point are you saying lean into licensing a a system like like a model, or are you saying like for that for that person who is in person, right? For, I'll give you an example. When I started um, offering proprioceptive muscle growth stimulating massage, that's the neuromuscular integration that I authored. Um, it was an in person thing. And my philosophy was you have to have a marketable skill that you can market at $100 an hour minimum to really get into that financial freedom or get across that threshold. Once I started doing that successfully, I started bringing people on and teaching them. Well, teaching them in person was limited. So that's when creating NMTS online that's when that idea came. I need to license this idea out to other practitioners, certify them um, so that they can use it themselves. And that course study now is a, is a revenue stream. So what, what is it that you are, what, what, what advice are you giving specifically for that person with the in-person service? So if you have an in-person service, most of the time you can translate it to online. Right, so like for example, uh, performance training, corrective exercise. These are all exercises that could be performed remotely, right? There's so many apps out there that you can use to push your services online. So for example, your person at home, you need some physical therapy, right? There's, we could write out a program, give you movement prescription and put it in this app and give you how-to videos explaining this, these movements and how to perform them and give them to you remotely via the, your phone or a tablet or, or a, a laptop, you're able to perform these with the proper cues and step-by-step -step instructions how to perform them from the comfort of your own home. Telehealth has boomed. 
telehealth has boomed. I used to, I was actually training a, a emergency medicine doctor during COVID, and he would have to leave our sessions early sometimes to do telehealth. Really? Yeah, and it was crazy. I mean, he was he was getting paid good money, which is why he would do it. He's like, Gary, I'm getting paid hundreds of dollars for. I think he was making like 150 an hour mm. just to do a little 30 minute consultation and give people right he was writing prescriptions online it was crazy you know and, and that boomed right then my my online coaching business boomed because i was like if doctors are doing this i could be doing this online as well people still need to work out people can't go to the gyms the gyms are shut down i had people coming to me i had like 30 clients coming to me and i had 15 clients online at one point and that's when my business was booming once i uh licensed those services out mm. right um Man, like any, almost anything can be sold online nowadays. Almost anything. What are the steps? All right, you got new a new entrepreneur. They're saying, "I'm I'm listening to you guys. You know, I, I want to change my life for the better. I want to cross the the that threshold, and I want to have financial freedom. I don't live in San Diego, California. What are the steps?" That you would take first create a system right you have to create that system if the system can be done in person that system can be applied to your online coaching regimen mm-hmm. right so if you're a coach you're an entrepreneur um, create that system you find a, a platform to put to to run ads on give us a, a, a few um it gives a few examples. What I've used mo- for the most part, Facebook and Instagram ads. Okay. Um, that's what I, I've So you're seen. leveraging social media platforms. Leveraging social media because people are always watching, especially Huge. now TikTok. I yeah. guess TikTok is, is, is growing like that. Get businesses are growing on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, I have another fr- close friend who uh, went from TikTok, 100-something thousand followers on TikTok, to growing his Instagram from zero to, I think he's probably like 16,000 now. He turned his TikTok into a money-making machine and coaches people from the comfort of his own home you know mm. uses a an app for all the workouts all the sets reps weights uh the nutrition the measurements and tracking and measuring nutrition everything all via one application and he sells uh, high ticket high ticket programs mm. so you need to be able to place whatever you're doing um in that app and then push it towards people via these ads. The ad has to be catchy, of course. So I would recommend partnering up with some somebody who specializes in social media marketing. It's gonna cost some money, which is where the 100K comes from, right? It's, you have to have, be making 100K at your day job mm-hmm. to be able to have this money, or you're gonna have to leverage credit. So do one of those things. If Regardless, you have to believe in yourself. So don't give up. You're either gonna, it's, it's an investment, right? You have to invest in yourself. So invest in yourself and don't give up. So that's the framework. What about some of the intangibles? Like how important is developing a mission statement before you start? Yeah, you got to know your why. You got to have a why first. So find find a problem in society. Try to fix it. And then be make sure you're passionate about fixing that problem. Because if you're not passionate about fixing that problem... You're not going to do yourself any good, and you're going you're gonna to be a disservice to your clients rather than a service. There's this quote I heard recently that I like. It was, if you can identify a problem, you can be a millionaire. If you can provide the solution, you can be a billionaire. 100%. And I think that's what we're on the way to doing. There's, so, there's a problem, and it's poor patient outcomes, and we have the solution. 
Definitely, definitely. That's definitely a part of my why, especially in the clinical space, is improving patient outcomes because the science already shows us that we could do better. It, it is the limitation of the systems of which we work in that has reduced um, the efficacy of our approach, particularly in physical therapy. Um, so we're going for mission statement. You got your framework. What about standards and guidelines, particularly if you're not working within um, a well-regulated field of your industry? Do you create your own standards and guidelines? Is it important to have those things well-defined? I think so. You should have your own standards and guidelines, but you should also do your due diligence and do the research, right? Find out, okay, like if you're a physical therapist, what is my scope of practice? Mm -hmm. If you're a chiropractor, what is my scope of practice? If I'm a, if I'm a fitness trainer or a performance or corrective exercise specialist, what, what is my scope of practice? What am I allowed to do by law in my specific state? And what do I know? If I don't know something, I need to go do my research mm -hmm. or refer out. So you also should establish a network so that you can get those people the results. Mm, I agree. I, I agree that understanding those things are necessary to reduce your exposure to liability. Um, but, uh, but before we get too deep on the technical side, um, take attribute that to the formula for bringing it to six figures. All right, so you got your mission statement. You got your standards, you got your guidelines, you got your framework. How do you execute? How do you go from 100K, track backwards? You got $278 a day. Easy peasy, right? Marketing budget, how do, how do you select it? Well, first you gotta have up some money that you're willing to put in. If you're not willing to put in, I mean, normally you're going to get what a lead usually is going to cost between 40 and 50 bucks per lead. So, right. If you're trying to make 278 bucks, that's let's, let's round it up to 300. That's going to be three, three sales at a hundred bucks a day. Right. So for each 300, you got to divide it by 40 bucks. Right. So you're going to have to get seven or eight leads to get that 300. Right. So it's going to cost. 200 it's going to cost you equally in marketing to get that that 300 dollars so you got to be willing to spend what you're willing to make mm -hmm. and eventually you'll get so good at closing the deals that you'll skyrocket your income mm -hmm. but at first you're pretty much breaking even yeah for the most part in entrepreneurship you're going to break even at first can't be scared of that can't be scared that's what you know kind of what we're doing right now mm -hmm. we're putting a bunch of money in but the return is, hasn't yet come back, but it's going to. Hmm. You just got to risk it to get the biscuit, man. You, you <laughs> really got to risk biscuit. it to get the biscuit. If you're not willing to put money in, you're not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. It's just like putting money into the stock market. If you put 100 bucks in, you might get a, you might get 100 bucks back. You put 10 Gs in, you might turn that 10 Gs to 20 Gs. Or mm -hmm. that 10 Gs, you might get real lucky. You invested in the right portfolio. That 10 Gs might turn to 100 Gs. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've, I've had really bad luck in the stock market. So I, I'd rather, I think this is less risky. Being an entrepreneur, investing in yourself is probably the one of the only things that's going to give you a return on investment if you don't give up. If you don't give up. I like the way you put that. All right, man. All right, guys. 
when you're on your path to hitting 100K, remember that it's not always about the money. Although it's sometimes about the money, it's not always about it. It's about growth, resilience, and committing to your true potential. So thanks for tuning in to the Connective Tissue Podcast. We'll see you next time.